Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz. <laughs> this is Michael Red. My brother. My, my brother, brother, man. I would say how you doing, but again, every time we say that, we we are just we we always we are in it before we are in it, man. But I'm gonna still ask the question: How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you already know. I mean, we, we talked a half an hour before we jumped to the podcast, and this and this this is a spillover from our conversations. And honestly, our podcast sessions are no different than our regular conversations, and we're just sharing yeah. with the, with our family and, and with the world. Man, I love it because we do get to share what we talk about, and and if if those are that are listening, that are part of the community online, uh, the podcast, and also part of the community where that are here, like I know I know folks from different states and different countries, but those who are here in Columbus that gets to that get to hang out with us daily, they understand that this is a daily conversation. Because truth be told, uh, our aim. Your aim, my aim, is to be more like Jesus and to show him to the earth, right? And to That's want it. to be one with him, right? And so you can you can take it all, all the stuff that we talk about is always going to come down to two two things: Jesus, mm. Holy Spirit, right? How do we reflect <laughs> His nature by the Spirit of God, right? So our hunger and thirst to know Jesus, it hasn't weaned. It's just getting hungrier and hungrier each day. So I think what what the combination of dying to self and presence message, all of it, it's combined to this that we want to be like Jesus and then take His nature and display it on the earth. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's exactly right. Everything so points that, to Jesus. And go ahead, D. Go ahead. You want to share? No, no. That, that, that's listen. It points to him. I, I, I want to read a scripture that just been in my heart because you and I, the last podcast, listen, we're still going to talk about humility. So first of all, thank you for listening. And we are going to like, this is like number 10, I think, on humility, 9 or 10. But we're going to still talk about it because there's so much to talk about humility. But I think the last time you and I were getting off the podcast, actually, we got off the podcast and we had another podcast. We just didn't press record. We talked about this element of freedom and how to translate the stuff that we've been talking about, humility, how to take all that and what Jesus is, how do we take those teachings and examples of Jesus and translate it to a reality today, right? Because I think a lot of people, and we're going to tackle this today, live in delusion or really they, they feel like they're walking in a level of freedom, but Christ is here to set us free, right? And I just want to read Galatians 5.1, which is one of my favorite scriptures. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Just want to say that right there. Mm -hmm. It is for freedom that Christ set you free. The reason that Jesus did what he did on the cross is so that you and I and everyone that's listening to us can walk in a level of freedom to show his nature in such a pure way on earth that no hell no devil, no bondage can hold us backwards, right? And Because it says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't let yourself be burdened again. Don't let the burdens come again. Because yoke and slavery is what the enemy wants for us. He wants to enslave us. And most of the time, Mike, is, is enslave us into our own minds. 
And then our minds are translating our behaviors and our way of walking. And so it is for freedom. And so our hearts, when we meet with people, I meet with you and I meet with people every week. And our cry is, man, there's so much freedom that that is that is left for us. Why don't we want to walk in it? And why don't we walk in it? And how do we translate these things to actually walk in freedom? It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. I don't know what to add to that, but other than just <laughs> the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord, man. Spending time with in the presence of the Lord and 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 allowing, as Paul says in Colossians, to put on Christ okay. every day. To put on Christ. So the Christ nature begins to exude the rest the more we spend time with him. And our perceptions and our perspectives on life begin to change, right? You, you, again, pride and stubbornness, it inhibits you to, to change and metamorphosize. I don't know if that's even a word, metamorphosize. But there's a make it up, make it up, make it up, make it up. I know, I know, I'm making it up. Yeah, but there's a metamorphosis <laughs> that happens when you spend time in the glory of God. So you take on the nature, you take on the characteristics, you take on the perception, you take on the eyes, you take on the ears, you take on the tongue, you take on the walk of Jesus. And so um, that's that's important. That's important for your life's journey. Now, what helps you in that regard is being around people who can help you get to Jesus when you can't get to Jesus yourself. So Come on, man. you Come cannot, on, man. it's hard, it's hard to sometimes that's the issue with pride because pride is so self-deceiving. It really is. Yeah. You know, everybody, everybody else can see, you know, everybody can see what's going on with you except for you sometimes. Come on, man. So you, you, you're not able to see your life and see your dynamic sometimes. That's why relationships are important to help you realize and see what you can't see. And oftentimes pride destroys relationships. So yeah. we get to that point. So I just did an extension of what you just shared, but- No, that's that perfect. That That's perfect. You said something before we got on a podcast. You said, and I want to explore it because then I want to go to John 13, back to the story that we read before we got off the podcast last time. You said you said this. Uh, I wrote it down. It says if people are taking pride in what they know, right? So we take pride in what we know about Jesus, right? And so, and we don't know how to humble ourselves to walk like Jesus. Now I added that part. That's exactly. I'm gonna right. say, I want. I'm gonna say it again because it sounded good coming out my mouth. So we took your quote and my quote. We put it all together. <laughs> taking. We, people are taking the pride to know about Jesus instead of walking in humility to walk with Jesus. Because it takes yeah. humility to walk with Jesus, right? But there's a lot of people that are pumping their minds with knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And 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 and, and they translate and they talk to you and I and they say, man, I got revelation. I got this revelation. I got this revelation. And we've always said around our, our community, revelation literally is change. You can't have revelation without translating to change. If you say you have revelation, it's still in bondage. That you don't really have revelation. You have insight, and and having insight or knowledge over a thing doesn't mean that you have actually the revelation of the thing to walk in the freedom of it. Go ahead. Yeah. It, it's 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 Matthew sixteen. It's Matthew sixteen, right? Twenty five, I believe. It says, "If a man wants to save his life, gotta lose he will come lose. on, man. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he will find it." That's not yeah. a salvation scripture. 
that is that's a constant evolution in the walk with Christ, right? It's 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 I'm not saving my life. I'm gonna I wanna lose it. And in losing yeah. it, I'm gonna find it. That means my ideology will change, my hypothesis change, my theology changes, right? Some of the things I did believe in. Uh, the loyalties that I had to a certain theological perspective and ideology, that all has to be lost. But when you lose it, you find life, right? And that, on, that, that's a constant, that's, that, that, is, that, is, that is the essence of a walk with God. There's always change. You cannot be stubborn with God. Your stubbornness with people is usually a result of your stubbornness with God. Come on, man. And so when I say stubborn, there's no ability to be flexible. There's not no a teachable, end. not teachable, not there's no teachable spirit. Mm. It's it's all, and, and that's that's the essence of that is pride, right? So, what destroys yeah. your walk with God is is the the inability to change, right? Because He's constantly, constantly challenging us to follow the wind of the Spirit, the river of God, which Listen. flows. There's a flow. Uh, well, we, we, we <laughs> you literally so said that, that while we while you were talking while you were talking John three three right we we've been saying it the, the people of the wind right most assuredly I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God so this is Jesus is literally telling us he's teaching yeah. us to your point Mike unless you are born again well what does that mean he's gonna tell you what it means you can't see right and so there's a lot of people that are walking and they think they see him but they're really blind right yeah. and and a lot of times it's the blind little mind because he says in verse five here most assuredly i say to you unless one is born of water which that means of a woman and the spirit which is of god he cannot enter the kingdom of god that which is born of the flesh is of the flesh and that which is born of the spirit is of the spirit Punto y coma. we say something in spanish Punto y coma. which is like that's the point, right? That's the point that he's saying to I the like end that. Of Punto y coma. You know what I mean? That's what Punto, we say. Punto y coma. <laughs> Punto y coma. Right? Like, yeah. that's it. There's a period there, right? It's done, right? Punto. Like, it's done. Like, we don't understand that Jesus is telling us if it's born of the flesh, it's going to be of the flesh. But if it's born of the Spirit of God, right? And that's where our pride has to relinquish and has to die so that the yeah. humility of Jesus, right? Because the Holy Spirit, is, according to John 16, is going to teach you, and according to John 14, it's going to teach you Jesus. Yeah. And you can't yeah. learn. Listen, Jesus is one of his greatest messages, right? We know it. We've read it throughout this whole time. Uh, I'll go through it. Just I haven't memorized these in mind. I haven't written here, Mike. So, so I don't want people to think I'm a Jack Van Empey. <laughs> For those old school, you know, I, I haven't, I don't have them memorized, but I have them here. Matthew 18, Mark, Luke 9, 48, Luke 14, 11, Luke 18, 14, right? All of those are references to Jesus and talking about you. He talked about humility all the time, right? He, he literally embodied humility, right? And so did you have anything to say, Mike, on that? Because I want to jump well, into John 13. Go ahead. Yeah. And no, you, 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 you flowing right now. And I think it's important to to make a statement about how does this manifest? Yeah. Right. The change, the, the, the work that God has done in our hearts, right. It's through relationships, honestly. So relationships is the platform. It's the stage yeah. where you manifest. All of you manifest on the stage or the platform of relationships, right? You can never be seen 
in isolation. Come on. You can never manifest as being alone, right? So the, the essence of your change is actually seen through the platform of your relationships, if that makes sense. Yes, because humility only works for people. <laughs> right? Humility doesn't work outside of people, right? You, to your point, humility works with people. It's displayed on people, right? So you can't be a hermit and say, well, you know, this guy, yeah, I just lived a life of humility. Well, it was, your humility was never tested. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Your humility was never tested, right? It said that the, that the enemy came to sift Jesus to see if there was anything in it, and he found nothing, right? And so how, how's the sifting, to your point, is through the relationships that we're living, right? Are we displaying humility with every human that we see? Are we walking like Jesus when they bite out a piece of the fruit of who we are? Because Jesus said, we, we're the fruit that like, we're the fruit that bears. Are we bearing the fruit of Christ when, when it, when, when it comes to it, right? Like, because we can talk about it all day, day long, but there's coming time in every human life where it's going to call for you to walk in pride. Or to walk in fully of humility. The question is, mm -hmm. which one's gonna come out of you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because one or the other is gonna come out. That's just the bottom line. This uh man, I got so many scriptures running through my head right now. But uh, it, it, it there has to be an intentionality, right? Jesus had our interests in mind, so he was intentional of leaving heaven to earth, but he had displayed his heaviness on earth. And according to Philippians 2, 3 to 4, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each one of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. There's going to come a point in your life where you're going to be tested on, are you going to put your interest first, or are you going to put the interest of others first? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus was the embodiment of that, right? But again, that element of what you described in Philippians comes from a walk with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So the the dysfunction that I have with people is derived from the dysfunction that is with me and God's walk, right? So that's the first category of relationships that needs to be bonded and mended, right? It's impossible for me to have a fruitful, healthy relationship with you, Danny, if I don't have a fruitful, healthy walk with God, you can't right? do it. I can never, I can never be transparent, right? With you, I can never be open and honest, right? With you, unless I have an open and honest and transparent walk with God. So the yeah. the essence of all relationships in life are derived from my my walk with God, right? My devotional life with God, you know, my openness with God. My honesty with God, if I'm open and honest with God, it will make being open and honest with people much more smoother and easier. A thousand percent. When you said yeah. that, what came to my mind is when Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I leave, right? Because yeah. the whole Holy Spirit is going to come and he's here. To yes. your point, he is here yes. right now. Like he's here. We're not waiting. Like he is actually active, right? How do we activate him? in our lives, right? How do we put him into motion, right? How do we allow yeah. him in? Because he's yes. here. We're not waiting for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here. I know we're, not, we're tying a lot of, you know, 
settings where people are, you know, it, they just word it wrong. Like, come, you know, come Holy Spirit. Well, he's already here, right? Now, do you want to fill him in a different measure is what you're really trying to say, right? Did <laughs> you want to fill him in a greater measure? But he is here. He's on the earth. And he's willing and able at any moment. It's not like we have to stir him up. You know, it's not like we have to bribe, you know, bribe him to come. No, he's here ready to be active in our lives. And we just have to say yes, right? Part of that first initial pride in us, because we are we walk in pride, is saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And yes. being humble enough to recognize I don't have you operating in my life to the degree that I think I have you. I'm actually delusional on it. I actually think yeah. that you, you're working in a greater measure. There's so many of us, and I say us because I do it myself at times, that we walk in such greater delusion because the Holy Spirit worked in one area in our lives, and we think, oh, we got it. And he's like, no, there's so much more. Mm-hmm. Right? There's so much more that I want to do in you and with you and through you. But you got to let me do all of the surgery. right? I got to take care of all of it so that, that, so that you can walk in a wholeness. But I think sometimes we, we we don't have that initial saying yes and yes and yes. And we don't stop saying yes to the Holy Spirit. But you have to invite him in. He's not going to force him his way in. He's got to be invited to a journey with you. And that's a daily journey. That's exactly right. The, uh, Proverbs 12, 26 talks about the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads astray. Come on. And that, that that is that is that is. Who you hang around is a secondary consequence of your walk with God. I, I can't emphasize that enough, right? Because you, you should not have access to people who will continue to assist you down a destructive pattern of life. Meaning that my devotional life will begin to choose who I circle myself around myself. Yeah. Right? In other words, I will not be around people who are carnal, right? Or who are... Who, my, my, my walk with God is such that I'm not attracted to people who's going who's gonna to drive me down a pathway to carnality, to Come out on. of the will of God, right? So that's an, that's, an important, that's an important thing to note that you're only attracted to as far as in humans and relationships as what you are in your walk with God, if that makes sense. So your, your no, you're circle 100%. of people around you, your circle of people around you is a secondary consequence of the surgery on your heart. Let me say that again. Your say it again. Say derived, it again. Your, your circle is derived from your surgery. Your circle is derived from the surgery. The work that God does in your heart, and giving us, I feel this in the Holy Spirit, man, so strong. The work that the Holy Spirit, that we allow the Holy Spirit to do in our hearts will begin to dictate our circle around us. Yeah. Right? So Danny Ortiz in my life, not to push me contrary to the will of God or to lead me down to a carnal path, but Danny Ortiz is in my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for having Danny in my life to push me to the future, to push me towards the things of God. That's yeah. an important factor, right? So I'm talking too much, but I feel No, you're not so talking too much. You, you're 100% correct because Paul tells us the same thing in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad companies, one of my favorite scriptures. My wife and I used to like quote it to our kids so they were blue in their face. Bad company corrupts good character. Yes. That's what Paul says. Yes. Don't yes. be misled. Don't be That's fooled, right. he's saying. That's right. By those such things. Bad company corrupts good character, right? And, and and this is what you're saying. Inviting the Holy Spirit to have good company with him. 
And then yes. knowing who the Holy Spirit is going to put you around, right? Because, and we know this, either, either what's inside of you is going to get into folks or what's inside of them is going to get into you. <laughs> I will say that again. What's inside of you is going to get into folks or what's inside of them is going to get into you. You got to decide which one is going to be, right? And so God brought you and I together at 16 years ago. And we're going to elaborate more That's right. on it. To yeah. to do what to to make sure. Now he had our wives in our lives. Let's talk to husbands out here. Come on, yeah. help us, Jesus. Because sometimes husbands don't understand. Listen, I'm gonna get into it a little bit. Husbands, we gotta understand. I meet with husbands all the time. We gotta understand that our wives and our our wives are in our lives to make us more like Jesus and to get us to listen to Holy Spirit. It's not them nagging. It's not them getting on your nerves. Same thing, vice versa. A uh, uh, husband and wife, wife to husband. That relationship and that covenant is so that you can die to you so that you can be more like Jesus. Now, God brought our wives to do that to us. And he said, you know what? Danny and Mike need greater death. <laughs> Their wife is doing a good job, but I, I need them to go even greater because where I got for them. So I'm going to bring them to one another so that they can hold each other accountable. Not only their wives to hold them accountable, but they'll hold each other accountable. And I'm going to create a relationship covenant between them, a Jonathan and David covenant relationship, uh, exchanges of girdles, of exchanging of birthrights, so that what? So that the character and the nature of Jesus is displayed. It's so that when I'm getting on the line, and it takes That's the right. humility that comes within your spirit to allow another human that, that oh, when man. you don't see something in your eye and they see it, are you humble enough to say, you know what? I don't know what the heck you're talking about. But if you yeah. my, if you have covenant relations with me, I'm going to believe you. Because my wow. flesh right now is telling me to cuss you out because you're just trying to control me. See, <laughs> we, let's have real. See, we don't want to have real conversations about see, this, right? Come Pro on. Proverbs 17, Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born. For a time of adversity. Come on, man. You need Come to on, man. listen. You need to have a life budget for difficult times in your life. Come on, man. We have we have a budget for everything else, but we need to have I'm, a life budget. I love that. Say that again. Times. Say that again. We need we need to have a life budget, Danny. We need to have a life budget. Come see, on, the, man. See, see, I, see. Without Danny Ortiz in my life, I could not afford to go through crisis. Come on, man. See, <laughs> oh man. See, I, I couldn't Ooh. afford. To have marital issues in my life. You can't on, afford man. to be sick or have financial Come issues on, if you don't have a life budget for it. Come on, man. The, the, the difficulty with this scripture and a brother's born for time of adversity. Pride destroys relationships. The problem with this, well, there's not a problem with the scripture, but there's a difficulty within the scripture in the sense of that we don't allow ourselves to have people run with us in adverse times. Come on, man. We're not transparent enough to allow people to know our adversity. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. You've got to involve each other in our adversity. We've got to involve each other in our ooh. adversity. Come on, man. See, we we suppress what's one of the top killers of relationships is suppression and silence. Come on, man. Say that. So suppression and silence are killers to relationships. Why? Because the pride within me doesn't want to be able to spill the beans and be open and be honest, right? So there's healing with that, 
and, and you're not alone, right? You're not a hermit, to your point earlier. Yeah. And I think that's important to know, right? A brother is born for a time of adversity. Well, I have the responsibility to let you know when I'm going through adverse times. Yeah. Does that make sense, man? Yeah, no, no, it does. And and what what we what our coach is teaching us today is to leave adversity. Don't go through it. So so we're not growing, right? I grow as I go through adversity. I grow when I let my brother help me through my adversity. I love that you said That's silence because there's not a lot of, listen, I, I want to read this. Proverbs 24.10. You know this scripture. I think you know this scripture. I think people now know this scripture. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. <laughs> I feel yeah. Holy. yeah. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Like we have to understand the number, the enemy's sifting. There are things that are testing us. Why? So that we can grow for our humility to grow. Right. So, mm -hmm. so God allows these things so that our, is Danny going to really let his friend be his mm -hmm. friend? Because literally this adversity is testing and growing his friendship. What? Yes. Come on, man. Yes. Like it's, it's, it's in that you said the silence thing, right? The, the, the pride Pride literally finds his strength in silence. Yes. Pride finds his strength. You keep on making pride stronger the quieter you are. And listen, it is for freedom. We have to begin to start shouting. We have to begin to start declaring. We have to begin to start walking and putting ourselves out there. I told, I told somebody this last couple of weeks, just when you think of yourself in a certain way, put it out there. Speak it forward to the Holy Spirit. When you feel this thing coming upon you, when you're feeling anger coming upon you, say, Holy Spirit, right now I'm being angry and I want to be angry and I'm going to put it out here and I know anger is not my portion. So I'm putting it out here because I'm putting it out in the atmosphere so Holy Spirit, you can come. I'm not going to hide in that anymore, right? And so it's allowing these things. It's weird that we walk in relationship. I feel the Holy Ghost when we talk about this thing because it's weird that we walk in relationship with another Come human on. and we say we in covenant with on. another human. And, and it's like, oh, we never been through nothing. If you've never been through nothing, then, then according to Proverbs, number one, your strength is small. You have no, you have no, no, no strong bondage. It's small. There's no, Imagine there's no that. cohesion. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, what's worse than that is, is, is fraudulence. Hmm. Right. I, I love John 15 and 15. Right. And I love all of John 15. But I love he said, I, I no longer call you servants. Right. Come on, man. Because the servant know nothing what the Lord doth, what his Lord doth. But I call you friends now. And what he's talking about in that, in that verse to me. There is another level of transparency that our relationship is going to. Yeah. Because as long as you are a servant. You won't know the secrets of the Lord. You won't know the secrets of my heart. But now that you become my friend, my heart is now open to sharing with you the secrets, the mysteries. Yeah. The 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 the, the transparency, right? And so that is Jesus in that scripture is just saying, there's another level of transparency that we're going to in our relationship. And and, and people who master secrecy cannot be effective. In relationships let me say that again say it again people, say it again people people who have mastered secrecy cannot be effective truly effective in relationships yeah so losing your life is totally applicable being in a relationship now i'm talking about humility and pride and all of this yeah 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 
right? This has everything to do with humility and with pride, right? And so we've got to be able to lose ourselves in the dynamic of our relationship. Jesus says, it's time for us to go to another level in transparency. I call you not servants anymore because the slave doesn't know what the servant or what the Lord does, but I call you friends. To your point, because relationship is fully built on trust. Yes. Fully built on trust. And if that trust is not there, and, and I think, again, a lot of times, I want to put this in practical and I want to put Jesus' life in practical because I think we, we, I think we really do this. We read the Bible and we think like Jesus is fake. Like we know he's real, but we think it's like it's like a really, really story. Like he's he was not human like you and I. So I'm gonna put it practical to you and I, right? So it's like you and I meeting 16 years ago now, and I'm telling you about my family, but I never let you meet my family. Right? Yeah. yeah and then yeah, 16 absolutely. years later, it was like, Oh, I know, I know Danny. But do you really know me? Unless right. like you know my wife, my right. kids, unless you know my brothers. See, people lie about their past. <laughs> And so they hide, they hide in silence because they lie about their past. Come on, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking yes. to somebody here. I don't know who. They lie about their past. So since they lie about their past, they don't want their past to be uncovered. So, but trust looks at the past to propel them to the future. And so it's like me telling you, hey, I grew up in the Bronx, Mike, and I grew up in, in Canada, right? So you never meet my, my mom to, to really solidify that I was born in the South Bronx, right? You never meet my brothers and sisters, right? No, true covenant relationship says I'm fully exposed and everything I say about my past is true because I want to move into my future. If I'm still lying about my past, how can I be truthful for the future? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. If I'm still lying about my past, how can it be true for my future? And a lot of times what we do is we built relationships on lies, <laughs> Well, well, go, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say people don't people don't usually tell lies; they live lies. Come on, live man! Lies. Come on, man! People don't tell lies; they live lies, right? Oof. And 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 so uh, again, when you talk about Jesus from a practical state, how did Jesus get to the earth through a relationship between J Joseph and Mary? Yeah. How did Jesus escape the plot of Herod through the prophetess Hannah? They were in relationship, right? Yeah. So relationships. Give meaning to life, Danny. Come on, man. See, I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to say this, and I say this um, in a sensitive way. The battle with suicide sometimes is the result of poor relationships. Mm. Mm. Not in all cases, but some of the battles that we have with suicidal thoughts comes from with poor relationships, right? And so when you have the right people around you, yeah. Right, that can hold you up, man, and lift you up and be there during adverse times. Jesus said, can, can I pray for an hour with me? I'm going through the most excruciating time in my life. Who's with me? Yeah. Right? And I think there's so many people around the world who are battling with depression and battling with mental health and battling with adverse moments in their lives. It begs the questions, who's around them, right? To uplift them, uphold them, right? Sometimes you need people to carry you to Jesus when you can't carry yourself. Yeah. And I want to say this. Sense? Yeah, yeah, because you said something so powerful when it comes to depression about poor relationship. But I think the poor, the first poor relationship is a poor relationship with yourself. Right? That's why the number one relationship on earth is you and the Holy Spirit. Forget another human. Right? It's, it's you and the Holy Spirit because 
understanding sonship and understanding who we are and whose we are, right? That's only as you develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? That gives you that meaning and worth of life. Think about it. You can have life and meaning having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. As you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then you can have a relationship with another human, right? But it starts with within, how do I have a relationship with myself? Well, I have a relationship with, my, with myself, Danny Ortiz, through the Holy Spirit, right? As I'm talking through the Holy Spirit, I'm not hearing condemnation as conviction or conviction as condemnation. It's a journey with the Holy Spirit. I'm already accepted. I already know who I am as a son. I'm already a daughter. And only the, the Holy Spirit can solidify your sonship. Only the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, sorry, sorry. This thing just came to my mind. I got to go find it real quick. And then we're going to go to John 13. Yeah, I got to yeah. find it, man, because this is what the word says, man. But it's the spirit of, it's the spirit of, the spirit of, yeah, eight, 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 man. There's so much in this. Um, but you are not in the flesh, uh, verse nine uh, of Romans eight, but you are not in the flesh. But the spirit of indeed uh, the, the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, then the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is alive because of righteousness. I think we misinterpret that. I don't have time to go in there. Uh, but the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life. But the spirit is life. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ of the dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the uh, dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, listen to this, verse 12, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The most important relationship on earth is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because once you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he then breathes inside of you that, yes, you are a son or daughter of God. Now I can start my relationship with every human. That's what we said earlier today in the podcast. Everything yeah. derives from the Holy Spirit. But you need people um, not as a, a, a additive or, or as a, a plus the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is essential foundationally. But then you need yeah. people around you who have a God conscious and who have the Holy Spirit in them to uplift you, right? Because we do go through in life, right? We go through in life. You know, again, a brother's born for adversity, right? So God begins to send people and deposit people into your life to get you where you need to get to, i.e. our wives and i.e. each other, me and you, you know? And 100%. So relationships help with your emotional health. I, mean, I can't tell you the conversations that we've had over the years, you know, where we can't, we, you can't, I said this earlier, you can't always measure yourself because sometimes your countenance, Come you on, can't man. read your countenance. Come on, but man. Your brother or your sister can read your countenance. Yeah. You can't read your own countenance, right? One of the, you said something earlier. One of the things that I've learned that can be a hindrance to relationships, Danny, and you said it a few minutes ago, is fear. Fear leads to denial within a relationship, leads to a lack of profession. I think our past, to your point, our past hurts, right? 
have uh, hindered our relationships with other people. You know, I got hurt before in the past by somebody. Therefore, I see everyone I encounter in the future as the same as what happened to me before, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I want to encourage someone who's listening to this podcast to stay open by the Spirit of God, continue to stay open to new relationships. Because there's this misnomer that there's no life after hurt. Well, there is life after hurt and pain and betrayal. You and I have been betrayed. You and I have gone through hurts with people. But there's life afterwards, right? Yeah. Because hurt doesn't kill you. If you are in this life, you will be betrayed by people. You will, I guarantee you will be hurt by people. But that cannot stop you from being open to new endeavors and new relationships with people, right? You've almost got to make the hurt work for you, in a sense. So I, I think yeah. that's one of the things that, that, that hinders relationships is fear. Another one's rejection. You know, another yeah. one is traumatic experiences, right? Yeah, yeah. Traumatic experiences. So, so these are things that are hindrance to, to, to relationships. But, but by the help of the Holy Spirit, having surgery done on my heart, being again, once open, again, to being connected to new people that are part of my future. I think one of the worst things that can ever happen to an individual as far as their potential in God is being around people who knew who you were. Right? Compared to being around yeah. people who know who you are. Yeah. So I always say this, if you have a circle of people around you that do not inspire you for the future, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. Come on, man. You want to be around people who inspire you who push you to greater things in life, greater exploits, who encourage you in the things of the Lord, in the word, right? You want to be my people, man, who see where you're going compared to seeing where you were. Come on, man. I don't know how we got there. But no, no, no. I, I actually, that, 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 I, want to, I want to be able to say this, man, because I'm... I, there's a there's a little word and the word is called nuance so when i'm hearing you talk i hear that there's nuances in relationships and i think we don't like to live in the nuances of stuff right we have we like everything to just be black and white to everything what you're saying yeah. we like everything to black and white and sometimes everything's not our black and white because they're, they're, they're to, and then i want to bring a point that we've been talking about like so we know that bad company corrupts more all that i want to say this by the holy spirit People are not your enemies. Maybe their behaviors are, but not humans themselves. And I think mm -hmm. when you walk with the spirit, you're able to walk in this macro level of how to see humans instead of this micro and understanding that the nuances are important, right? And and yeah, maybe God doesn't want you around a certain person, but it's not because that person is a bad person. And that, that could be a son of God that that's not walking to his full potential or daughter of God that's not walking to their full potential. They just haven't grown up yet, right? They still mm -hmm. in a mature state, right? And I think mm -hmm. a lot of times we have to be able to talk about these nuances because um, the day and the day and age we live in it, everything is, is a broad stroke. Like, you know, you, you you look online and people are like, oh, get people out of your life, get rid of them, get rid of them, get rid of them. And, and it's almost like a hatred towards people, right? Like, oh, get rid of them. If they're not for you, they're against you. And, and they're like, whoa, hold, hold on a second. You know what I mean? We, 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 we don't understand there's nuances to this stuff, right? And sometimes we need someone in our lives that is not the greatest person. And because God is working some things in us, right? And, and we don't even, so there's nuances to it. It's not, sometimes, again, it's like when, when Jesus told Peter, do he gets rid of him when, when Peter's like, hey, yo, I don't want you to die. <laughs> you know? 
And he's like, no, I understand Peter's talking from an immature level. I'm going to rebuke him, right? Because that's the relationship I have with him, but I'm not going to get rid of him. Again, and there's some people that the Holy Spirit say, okay, it's time that, you know, this friendship is done, right? Walk away. But he's not telling you to walk away because, again, this is a horrible human being, and this person is never going to be anything. And they're not going to be, there could be two people in the kingdom walking together, sons and daughters of the king, because we see this in scripture, right? We see John Mark walking away, right, with Paul. That's right. All right, right. walking away from Paul, right? John Mark leaves with Barnabas, right? We just don't know how to do nuances, and we love broad strokes. And I think I, it was important to mention this, Mike, because we love this thing. And then we get in these, these uh, uh, what am I calling, these, uh, uh, these movements that the earth comes out. Oh, you know, leave every, anything that's not good for you, cut them out, right? And we, so this is a movement. Cancel and so we get cancel culture. cancel culture, and we get into that same movement. And it's like, hold up, that's not the Holy Spirit movement. Because the Holy Spirit is telling you to walk away from a relationship because he's got other relationships, doesn't dehumanize that other person. And I think sometimes we dehumanize people because we're like, no, they're just not a good, they just bad. Whoa, that's still a son or daughter of the king, right? You can still see them as image bearers, even though their behavior and how their growth is not fully there. They're immature, right? And so that's, they're immature. Cool. But we get... I think canceling people and 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 just getting rid of people because it's easy for us to. I think we got to be careful with that, and we have to know that relationship to everything that you said, Mike, has nuances to it, and the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us navigate through those nuances, right? And if we have to hear them and saying, "No, I still want you in that person's life," but God, they get on my nerves. Yeah, I got them getting on your nerves, <laughs> you know, because I'm working something out inside of you. Oh, okay, or. They get on my nerves. And, oh, well, they don't have to be a part of your life right now. At this point, you could, you could, you could, you can walk away, and you can set some boundaries, right? Okay, but it's listening to yeah. the Holy Spirit on when and where and how to move and how to operate, but not being able to say these things that come out of our mouth sometimes that are totally anti-biblical and and and, and anti-looking at it through Christ's eyes. Totally agree. Cancel culture, in, in essence, some of that is just out of the flesh. Right, it's out of the yeah. flesh, not out of the spirit. Right, so it's, it's flesh when you just cancel, you cancel someone off, and and, and there's an uh, uh, evil intention behind that. That's just the flesh, right? Or then there's a, the notion of being around someone out of just loyalty, right? Ah, oh, that's I'm, the other I'm, side I'm, of I'm, it. I'm, Come I'm, on, I'm man. I'm just loyal. I'm just loyal to the end, and I'm just yeah. You know, no matter how detrimental this person is to my life, I'm going to stay connected to because I'm just loyal like that. Well, that's the flesh as well. Come on, man. Right? The the key the common denominator out of all of that is. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, has, man, has you departing a relationship in grace and joining a relationship in grace. Come on, I love that. that Parting a relationship in grace and joining a relationship in grace. Yes, yes. There's mercy connected to both the exit and the entrance. Come on, man. Come on, man. There's mercy. So I'm not hating someone to your point, or villainizing someone, or demonizing someone because I'm separating from them out of my life. Come on. Not at all. I'm it's just, just following it's God. Just time. I'm never just leaving. Time. I'm never leaving. I'm always following. Ooh, come on, man. That's and that's the perfect never, example of that, right? Come on, I'm dude. never leaving. I'm always because remember, to your point, the story of Barnabas and go look it up. The Paul and Barnabas yeah. when they split up, right? I feel the Holy Ghost with this because because Paul was following something, 
and then Barnabas decided to follow something. But in the end, he called Paul calls back to, to John Mark, right? He says, bring me John Mark. I have need of him. Why? Because there was grace of the departing, right? And so he brought him back into the fold because, you know, so when you leave in grace, I love that statement, leaving in grace and, and, and coming in grace, because when you leave in grace, the door is never closed to That's future. Exactly right. That's exactly the, right. The, the door is never, when you're leaving in grace, the door is never closed to future. And I can say this wholeheartedly, and I know some folks that listen to this podcast used to be part of the wave and no longer in the sense of part of the community and no longer is part. I, and I think they can testify themselves that everyone that has left, not, I'm not saying we do everything perfect, but everyone that has left and came in and out the community, it's we've always done it with, I believe, with a grace of saying, man, listen, I'm not saying goodbye. I'm saying until later. See you later, man. You know what I mean? And I hope the best and you hope the best. And then we yes. can come back around. We can come back around because there was no harboring of bitterness and anger and spite and, and wanting, you know, the person to, to, to literally the evilness that comes in our hearts for other people, right? When they wrong us or do us, right? It's none of that. It's all like, man, it's all grace. And I love That's that wording. Right. It's all grace, man. I love it's that word. It's all my, my will, my emotions, my feelings are bowed down in the presence of the Lord. Come on. So when you become emotional about this and you become a person of evil intent within this, then that needs to submit to prayer. Mm. Period. That's why that's why humility is such a, a really superpower for us. It's derived from in prayer and then how I live life and do relationship with people. You do it out of humility. You exit out of a relationship in humility. You enter into a relationship with humility. Right? Moment. And, and and so humility is your calling card when it comes to relationships, man. So when you have two proud people together, it becomes a competitive relationship. When you have one proud person and one humble person, it becomes an abusive relationship. When you have yeah. two humble people together, it becomes a healthy relationship. And, and that's true covenant. I will say when you I, have those two folks of humility, that's true. That's a sign of true covenant. Let me give you an example of that, biblical example of that. John chapter three, when uh, John's disciples see Jesus baptizing some folk, they, hey, hey, Jesus is over there baptizing. You know, aren't they supposed to be following you type of thing? I love what John says. John says, that's my joy to see Jesus do that. That's my Come on, joy. Man. Come on, man. He has to increase so that I may decrease. Come on, man. If that is the foundation of a relationship, a relationship can flourish beyond yeah. its wildest dreams. And I know that's been the case for you and I over the last 15 years. Your strengths, my strengths, right? Your weaknesses, yeah. my weaknesses, and us complimenting each other, right? And God has taken us all around the world and taken us to places of the spirit that we never could have done by ourselves. There's no you way. Know what I mean? There's no. no way. I can say that wholeheartedly. I can't be me today without you. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, the, and the element of knowing of preferring one another, right? That yes. element of, of, of preferring and understanding and moving and we've been and we've been in, 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 in places where I've served you and you served me. Uh, yes. you, you, you've been with me places where I spoke and you're like, all right, Dan, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm listen, I'm back here. Just just I'll whatever. Yeah, right. And then I've been in places where I might right, you, you'll go ahead and talk and do your thing. I'll be back here. Right. So it's, it's knowing like how to move in the movement of the spirit for one another. Right. And yes. and yes. and and 
how to how to be a leader at one time and how to be a follower, how to be a follower and how to be a leader, right? How to lead in a certain area and how to follow in a certain area. Be having that dynamics. Again, it's it's being it's being aware of who you are in, in the father and being aware of who's around you. And I want to end and I want to end with That's this. Right. It's being aware. Yep. There's an awareness. I want to end with this. Let's go to John 13, 3. Because Jesus has such an awareness here. Remember, all of this is for freedom. I, my, my prayer, I'm going to go back to what we started in Galatians 5. It is for freedom in Christ. If you don't believe that Jesus is for freedom, just read one. Listen, read one whole chapter that Mike and I totally love, which is Mark chapter 5. There's three healings that Jesus does. Jesus, do, Jesus does. Sorry. Uh, Mark 5, 1, he heals a demon-possessed man. Go read it. Then he heals a girl, uh, the woman that was healed with the issue of blood. Then he heals a, da a, 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 a daughter that's been slain, right? Uh, that, that she died, right? And he cries out, uh, Talia Kumi, arise, right? Arise. Uh, the word Kumi is an Arabic word, arise, right? And because he wants all these people to walk in freedom. There's a level of freedom that Jesus, but there's an awareness that Jesus has of himself, uh, and I think this story, I want to finish with the story, Mike, because I want to put a little bit practical. I know you and I talked about it this week. Like, I think sometimes we look at Jesus and his relationship with his disciples and we literally look at it like it's a fake world. That's a utopia, bro. It don't even exist. And I want to just bring some practicality and we close in this. So verse three says, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. So that's the context is what about to happen. Jesus fully knowing that the father had given him all things. When you come from that level, you it's easy to get prideful knowing all things are given to me. Do you understand who I am? But listen to the, the next verse. With Jesus having that knowledge of God and of who is Godness, verse four says he rose from the supper, laid aside his garments and took a towel, girded himself. Now we know this garments meant identity in those days so if you wore a garment that identified you who you are so no someone could know whether you're royalty whether you're not royalty whether you were a samaritan everything was identified by the garment so jesus literally what he's saying spiritually he's laying aside his heavenly garment his identity and then taking a towel and girded himself after that he poured the water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he mm -hmm. came to then he came to Simon, and he's always a, the, the, the troublemaker. Simon, I love him. He's just a troublemaker. I love him. He's just in your face. And Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What am what am doing, what I am doing, sorry, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. So Peter's trying to figure it out because it's Jesus. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Look at how arrogant Peter's being at the moment. Why? Because he's Jesus. He knows, verse 3, that Jesus is God and God is Jesus and everything's given to him. So he's like, you will never mind. He says, and Jesus said to him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. What? To your point earlier, Mike, if I don't do this, this humble act, then how, do we, how are we in covenant? How are we together? How are we in covenant relationship if you're not allowing me to walk in humility towards you? I know that you know who I am. 
But I'm trying to, remember, he told him, Peter, you won't understand this until later on. Why? Because Peter yet had not understood that it was all about sonship and that he had the same right that he had. But he's like, you're going to understand it in the future. Once I'm out of here, John 17, once I pray that prayer, mm -hmm. once, the, once, once I rise again, you're going to understand that everything is mine is yours and everything is yours is yours. Like I'm giving you the same inheritance, on, the same dude. power. Come everything on, I have, I'm giving to you. You don't understand it right now, Peter. So that's why you you fighting me a little bit because you don't understand fully the covenant relationship we're in. Meaning that I'm providing on the cross a place where everything that I am is yours. And the father mm -hmm. sees no difference when he sees you and me. What? Mm -hmm. But Peter don't understand that. So Peter practically, I want you to see the practical struggle that Peter's having and this practical act that Jesus is doing. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also hands, my hands and my head. Now, he's talking about a Jewish thing that happens, like, because they, they in a meal of the Passover. He's talking about the Passover washing here. So he's like, he's going back into Judaism. But Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. Now, I love this because he's saying, I still got to work. He's talking spiritually now. Peter's not understanding. Peter, there's a process. But if you allow me to be humble to you, you're going to understand that I'm processing you so that you can look like me. That's what he's literally telling him. But he knew who he betrayed him. And therefore, he said, you are not all clean. Meaning, he, I know what you're going to do. And I know you're going to cry bitterly. And I know you're going to cry unto death. But I'm trying to tell you that our covenant is so strong that I'm going to redeem you fully with the new blood covenant. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? That's a powerful question. Do you know what I just did? You call me teacher, Lord, and you say, well, for you say, well, for so I am. For I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, and you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, it's so powerful, that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. No, no, is he who is sent greater than he who has sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you who do them. And I wanted to end there because Jesus ended there. So Jesus is having this practical conversation with his disciples. And Peter's having the trouble with it because he knows that this is God in the flesh. And he's seeing through his Judaistic lens. And he's like making it about his Judaistic uh, rituals. And Jesus is like, no, this is more of a spiritual thing. And I'm giving you understanding of what covenant relationship with. He says, so I'm, I'm getting you to understand that there's still a lot of things wrong with you. But just because there's something wrong with you doesn't mean that I have not humbled myself so that I can take care of that spiritually, which is what Jesus did on the cross. So that when you on Acts chapter two, you can fully get up with full confidence that you are me because I took care of it on the cross. Then he said to them, make this practical. Blessed are you who do exactly what I'm asking you to do, to live this kind of covenant relationship with one another, where you can humble yourself with one another and prefer one another so that the outcome of Peter could be righteousness because not of his righteousness, because of Jesus' righteousness. Could be faithfulness, not because of his faithfulness, because of Jesus' faithfulness. So the outcome of them to look like Jesus because Jesus was willing to lay himself down and actually serve them. 
And so, Mike, I read a lot. I want to know your thoughts and the practical, because sometimes we read these stories and we just think yeah, like they're they ethereal. They're like, oh, this, this, this. No, these are actually people struggling with actually rituals and behaviors, but they it, it's going for a certain reason. And then they, they he's acting them to act like him. Don't just look at what I just did. Do exactly what I did. But no, we, we learn through observation, right? We learn humility and we learn relationships through observation. Um, my, my, whenever I'm in front of my, my wife, I kiss my wife and kiss her on her neck when the kids are around me. And they're like, oh, daddy, I'm teaching them how to be affectionate with their spouses, right? So they learn through observation. How, 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 how are we to grow in humility together, Danny? Well, it happens by allowing the spirit of God to control our thoughts and our hearts and our attitudes and our reactions. Come on, man. Right? Ephesians 4 talks about let the spirit change the way you think, right? And it'll make you a new person, right? So there's something in psychology called integrating. And Come integrating on, is it. basically, um, if you spend time around something or someone, you begin to look like them, Come on. right? So me and my wife have been married for 17 years this year. And we actually start to look like each other. We think like each other. <laughs> we talk like each other. We finish each other's sentences. We know exactly how we're thinking, you know, and it's called integrating in psychology, right? So you are who you hang around with, right? So if I'm spending time in devotion with God and I'm walking with God, and if I'm spending time in the Holy Writ and understanding the scriptures, right, that is going to make me into a new person, which now affects the relationships that I'm in, right, all the more. So we grow in humility, again, by allowing the Holy Spirit to control our actions, reactions, our thoughts, our heart, our attitudes, all of that combined, right? We allow the Spirit of God to take over our bodies and be activated. Thus, our relationships become more and more free. Come on, man. 100%, that's man. My, that's my estimation. Because Jesus, Jesus is the most humble person ever walked the earth. Ever. If, I'm with, if, I'm, if I'm hanging out with the most humble person that ever that walked to earth, I'm going to be like him. I want to talk like him. I want to see like him. I want to walk like him. I want to respond how he responds. And he responded in humility in every every fast, Ooh. even with that story with Peter. I want to be like Jesus, man. That's it. I want to be like, and I want, and I, so I'll end with these words of, of Jesus and then we can end this thing. And then I can't wait to get to next week. So again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Mark 541, the word kumi, the word C-U-M-I, Jesus said to this young lady, kumi, arise, arise. It's the word arise. And so I'll say kumi, kumi to everyone that's listening, kumi, kumi. What do I mean by that? Arise to the level of humility, so to be like Jesus. And, and Jesus' words here that we just finished reading in John 13, 17. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. If you know them which we talked about earlier. There's a lot of folks that said that, oh man, I wanna, how, do we, how does it translate to actually doing what he's asking us to do? Because we can say we know them and hear Jesus saying, if you really do know them, there's an if there. Blessed are you who do them. We have to act like Jesus. And if there's areas in our lives that are not translating because folks are around us, then we have to invite the Holy Spirit in those areas to say, Lord, I just don't want to know these things. I actually want to be the blessed one that Jesus is saying. Blessed am I because I'm actually doing them. I don't want to have just a, a, a pseudo what I think revelation is. I actually want to be in revelation 
and walking our Christ to the earth and actually do everything Jesus did and be like Jesus. So that's my last mm -hmm. words. Mike, what's your mm -hmm. last words? Well, I said them two minutes ago before you before you shared. I don't have stop it. To stop share. it. <laughs> I'm stop trying to kill. Word. Stop trying to kill me. Stop trying to kill me, I'm man. You, I'm you. Are you kidding me? I'm covering <laughs> you, my mother. No, I, have, I have nothing else to add. I, I think we I think we we nailed it today, and I think you know again for those who have an ear to hear, this is really More a man. challenging word to the flesh, um, humility, pride. Um, there's so many facets that we've been dealing with on, on yeah. humility. And today, when it concerns relationships, um, it's essential. You can, you you cannot have prosperous, fruitful relationships if humility is not the foundation of that relationship. And if you don't have the foundation of humility with the Father, then that relationship won't even exist. Shalom, Maranatha. We'll talk to you next week. Love you, man. Love you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.